Four games in the books. Nothing settled. The home team has won each and every game. And now the series shifts to Sacramento for game number five on Wednesday. And a guy who's got uh, a front row seat for all the action, the longtime Warrior broadcaster on the television and the radio side, and of course the former Warrior himself, the uh, champion back in the day, Jim Barnett, joins us now. Jim, how you doing, my man? DC, I'm doing fine, thank you. Great to uh, hear from you again, uh, Jim. So I can only imagine what uh, games three and four were like uh, for you. And you know, you and I have talked a lot about um, you know, when this team left Oakland playing in the Coliseum, which was really a true home court advantage. And we didn't know how the Chase Center was going to play out early on. But now, you know, we, the Warriors have a championship, um, you know, in their pocket playing at the Chase Center, uh, last year. And now we've seen games three and four of this playoff run. I'm real curious, Jim, what was that atmosphere like in games three and four over the weekend? Pretty exciting, and uh, and I, I think the fans are a little concerned down O two. Uh, it's never been like that, and so they knew they had to bring bring along with the team a little extra. And uh, they get it's 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 really rocking inside there. And of course, it's been it was incredible in Sacramento as well. Uh, it, it's it's been fantastic series. It was now tied up at two two, and and I'll tell you what. I know the Warriors have won the last two games, but that doesn't mean anything. This Sacramento team, I think, is a lot better than people gave them credit for, even though they finished uh, with the third seed in the West here. They, uh, they've they got some talent. They've got some shooters. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is having an incredible series. Uh, he's one player that can't be stopped. He can get to any spot on the floor that he wants, any time that he wants, and uh, he's had a great series, and you know, you can't overlook them. So, you know, the Warriors, the Warriors are right now, they, they know they're in for a battle. And, you know, and it's all, all year long, too, the whole thing. They just were so bad on the road, and it's continued here in the playoffs in this first round. So we'll see how it comes out in Game 5. The final three possessions of yesterday's game, Jim, in, yep. game, in game number four were insane. I want to hear from your perspective and your thoughts and, and basically start with the Warriors – having the ball with a five-point lead with 42 seconds to go, and they had their opportunities, and then Curry calls the timeout, which he didn't realize they didn't have any, and then all of a sudden the worst nightmare came through. You have the technical foul. That shot is made, and then Fox hits the three-pointer, and then you know uh, Clay Thompson has a, a chance. You know That Harrison Barnes missed you know, to protect that five-point lead, but he can't corral it, and then Fox comes in and hits the three. So take us through your thoughts of those final three possessions to the final horn where Barnes' shot, you know, hit the back rim and yeah. prevailed for the victory for the Warriors. Well, you had to come up with some kind of defense, and you couldn't afford a foul uh, and put him on the line, lose the game that way. And uh, it was very tense. And, you know, everybody's talking about, calling a timeout and not having it. And, of course, Steve Kerr takes the blame for it. And, you know, there's so many stoppages in the last two minutes of a game like this. Anyway, someone has got to inform the players. I can can understand that they didn't know that. I just can't believe with all the assistant coaches that you have uh, and nowadays in the NBA that that information was not conveyed to the players. That's, I mean, I've been in situations like that on the court, and, and all of a sudden, there's so much yelling out. We have no timeouts left. We have no timeouts left. And you always know that. And so that is an incredible 
bonehead play, if you will, uh, that that the Warriors had there to uh, you know all of a, in a close game. All of a sudden, it's a five point lead. You ain't going to win. You got forty seconds to go, and everything changes like that. And it hinges on the opposition missing the last shot of the game that would have given them the win. Mm-hmm. And so the Warriors were very lucky. They were very lucky. The Harrison Barnes shot uh, caromed off the side and back of the rim on that last shot. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it, they were just fortunate. So <laughs> you, you go with luck. Sometimes you have to have luck, too. Yeah. And here's another thing, too. I know that, uh, you know, as fans or even media, you know, we look at – I'm always looking at the scoreboard for timeout situations. And, you know, there's – there's plenty of those scoreboards that tell you how many timeouts you got left. And I just don't think players actually look up. I mean, especially veteran players, they, they, they should try to, you know, kind of regroup themselves in, in the waning minutes or seconds of a game just to kind of double check that. But you're right. I mean, that's on Kerr, the assistant coaches. I mean, that's always uh, a thing that they are always supposed to. Hey, there's one, uh, usually, Jim, and you know this, there's usually one assistant who's in charge of that information. And it's always in the co- head coach's ear and saying, Hey, we got two left. Hey, we got one left. Hey, we don't have any left. And that usually, right. that is, is usually a, one of the chief assistants jobs right there. Uh, so yeah. I understand that, the, you know, because it was weird. Cause I remember, you know, I was, you know, watching the broadcast yesterday and said, well, the Warriors have two. Kerr used one. And it's like, wow, they're, you know, I mean, for a team that basically led the entire second half, it's like, hmm, it's kind of weird that they're, you know, could be out of timeouts here down the stretch. And that's exactly what, yeah, where'd they go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting because you say, look at the scoreboard. The problem with the scoreboard is you have to know exactly where to look yeah. on each and every scoreboard in the, in the, in the league and, and what, what it is in that particular arena, because there's so much information yeah, up there, you know, true field goal percentage. They <laughs> just field goal percentage. But, it, but it's the your home court too. Percentage. For the Warriors, it's your home court. You know where to look, it's, right? Oh, it's, it's 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 inundated with all kinds of information up there, and so a player he, he might use the whole time up trying to find where it was mentioned where it's, where it's illustrated that how many timeouts are left, and so I think that's part of the problem right there. There's just so much information up there on the big scoreboard, but yeah, you you have to know that, and uh, it almost cost them the game, and they're very fortunate, and you know it's it's just interesting. I think in this the last two games, since Draymond did not play in Game Three, you're thinking, well, the Warriors' defense uh, is is going to go out the window. But all of a sudden, in that game, Sacramento they had their worst shooting night of all the four games. Uh, only scored 97 points. They were uh, horrible from three point range at 23.4 percent and 38 percent overall without Draymond on the floor, because usually it's the other way around. Draymond, uh, when when he's absent and, and off the court, usually the uh, Warriors give up a lot defensively because of that. But they rallied and, and played pretty well. So um, we'll, we'll see how it all turns out. I, I know this, the series, uh, you know, it's we, we know it's going to go six games, and I would not be surprised if it goes seven. And if it goes seven games, uh, it's really going to test both teams. It's the uh, experience that the Warriors have, which I haven't seen really in this series, uh, come to the front that often. Uh, it, uh, Sacramento has some players. They seem undaunted by it. They, they don't fear a thing, I guarantee you. And they're playing with confidence. And, of course, they turn the ball over a heck of a lot less than the Warriors do, which has always been a problem. The, the last couple of games, the home games for the Warriors, did a much better job hanging on to the ball, but they're still, they still give up, 
except in game three, you know, more points off turnovers than the opposition. Yeah. And then, you know, there was some uh, questionable, I guess, uh, you know, clock management uh, with the Kings, too. And if you look at that last minute, Jim, where they kind of rush yeah. shots early in the clock, and it's like, wow, that's, you know, that's that's the yeah. experience. I mean, that's the inexperience right there, you know? I think, uh, and you, we haven't seen a whole bunch of it, but, uh, you know, when it matters most, and I think, you know, now when you get to, you know, games five and six and a seven, if, if necessary, that's something we got to keep an eye on. Right. I think they may rush those shots because they they didn't know, especially you know prior to Stephen Curry uh, calling that timeout, and so they're looking at that and they're looking counting down the possessions and the Warriors can use their full twenty four seconds before they shoot, uh, and and they they thought maybe they were just uh, if, if the game had been uh, two points closer you wouldn't have seen that, um, but you know you also have players who are confident in themselves and I've seen Clay Thompson do that. Um, even in this series, that he should have held on to the ball, but he took a shot earlier in the shot clock as the quarter was winding down or the game is winding down. And so, um, you know, players, they believe in themselves. That's the thing about the, the NBA players. One thing about them, the great ones, they, they do believe in themselves and they're going to do, they're going to go against the grain all the time. And, uh, whereas a, the, a normal average player would not do that. He'd be a little more conservative. And, and you just hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what was going with, uh, through Steph's mind, right? I mean, they could have milked that clock down, Jim. They have the ball with 27 seconds left. There's 24 yeah. on, on the, yeah. on, on the, yeah. on the game clock. And then Mike Brown saying, no, we're going to play it out. And then Steph puts up the shot with 14 seconds left. That little runner. And it's like you said, it had to be going through his mind. It's like, okay, this is a little runner. Uh, you know, it's a 13, yeah. 14 footer. I'm going to nail this. And, and then it's curtains, right? But, uh, right. but no. I, I, was, I was surprised they did, they did not run that all the way back down yeah. and take a shot just in the last second of the, of the shot clock. Right. And then it, by the time that, even if it were missed, by the time things would happen and the rebound and whatever, uh, you would have. Less than you'd have two seconds. Sacramento would have two seconds to get the ball down the floor and make a shot. And uh, I, I would have, you know, I would have taken all 24 seconds of that shot clock. Uh, but I was surprised at that too. Yeah, Jim Barnett uh, joins us, a uh, longtime uh, analyst for the Golden State Warriors and former Warrior player himself back in the day. All right, let's talk a little bit about Draymond Green. You brought him up. Let's start with the suspension, okay? And then he didn't play in Game 3. No Draymond, no problem for the Warriors like you talked about. And it was a great yeah. focused effort you know, by the Warriors. Now Game 4 rolls around, and uh, Draymond suggested that he come off the bench and then at halftime, uh, we hear assistant coaches suggested to Steve Kerr that, hey, let's start Draymond in the second half and let's have him guard Fox. And Draymond yeah. had himself a great game. 12 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. And we were talking about this leading up to this game, Jim. If Draymond does that, if he has like a double-double and does that, then the Warriors are probably going to win this game. And Draymond, for the most part, didn't shoot a, a great percentage. I think it was something like three, Not at all. Yeah, yeah, three for 14, something like that. That wasn't good. But those numbers, you know, kind of backed up. And of course, his leadership there. Talk a little bit about the decision about bringing him off the bench and then in the second half, starting him and letting him guard Fox. I think what, uh, that situation, Dr Draymond has such confidence and he's, he is, it's amazing. There are usually the the uh, a point guard in particular is going to have a huge advantage over a bigger player guarding him. You, your eyes get wide there. You say, "I'm going to have a feast uh, right now." But 
that's not always the, the, the same with Draymond. He just knows how to play people, and he knows how to give enough room where he can still recover if they want to take the outside shot and bother someone, and still stay. And he still has the, the lateral speed and the quickness and the anticipation that he can stay with him on a drive. And he, you know, he, he does quite well that way. Um, I'm trying to think. Let's see. Did he start? Did, did Draymond start the second? Uh, the did he start the second half? Yes, he started the second half, and then he, he was well, guarding Fox from the get go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, yeah, okay. There you go. Um, excuse me, I, I thought you said that. I thought, I'm trying to remember, and I've been yeah. watching too much basketball. Here. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, in that third in that third quarter, Fox was one of six from the field. Yeah, and did uh, he got to the free throw line and, and made three free throws? But he had a, a you know in a game where he finished with 38 points. They only had five points in that third quarter. And I think that gave the Warriors a little bit of momentum right there because, heck, they, they won that quarter 37-23. to 23. And that was, the, that was the big, big quarter for them. And it gave them a little cushion going into that fourth quarter because they did, at the uh, end of that, um, they had the 10-point uh, lead at the end of the third quarter, 90, right. 102 to 92. So that gave them a little bit of a cushion. And so I think Draymond doing that, Showed, uh, you know, why he's valuable to this club and what he can do defensively. I, I was shocked at this though because he, he, <laughs> Draymond is almost like two different people, and I mean he, he's so cool with things and everything, and yet he's so emotional that that the things the the things get away from him because he immediately comes into the game after being suspended for a game and gets a technical. I thought what the first couple of possessions <laughs> right he's, you know i mean he's he's very unusual he's very unusual and he's um he's 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 childish in so many ways really when you think about it but but that's also what uh what makes him great is his ability to go out there and just let everything go and and he has incredible confidence and believes in himself but if you're coaching draymond and I've seen Kerr walk away from him, so trying to calm him down, not necessarily this year, but in other years past. And when he gets going like that, because he, you know, he just tunes you out and he's going to, he's going to go to the beat of his own drum. And you have to live with that with Draymond. That's just who he is. Yeah. All right. So De'Aaron Fox has been outstanding. He's had two 38 point yep. games. And so originally I was going to ask you, Jim, how do you stop this guy? Because he has been a problem. But then we get the news, you know, within the last couple hours that he is now listed as doubtful because he, you know, fractured his finger towards the end of that game. So now this is a huge break for the Warriors, unfortunate break, uh, for the Kings. Now the game isn't until Wednesday. So they have some time with this thing. But right now, Kings personnel is saying that nah, more than likely, I mean, he is going to be listed as doubtful. They're going to see what they can do. But so two part question here, I guess is how do you stop him? You know, if he does play and he's healthy. And then number two, without Fox, what does this do to the Kings? Yeah. Well, let me ask you. This is on his shooting hand. Is that correct? You, uh, left hand. Yes. That's, that, yeah. that's important yes. to me. Yes. I have, I tell you yes. the truth, I haven't read a thing, you know, and I didn't know what was going on. I've been busy doing my taxes the last couple of days yeah. and I've been buried in it. And so I feel your I've, pain, brother. I know what you're going okay. through. <laughs> and I, Hey, it's all done and it's all signed and everything's finally that, that I, heck I've lost so much sleep off that, but tell me what is it is shooting. Is he left hand? He's left handed. He's left handed. Yeah. Left hand or his right. Yeah. 
I believe it's his left. And uh, I'm going to, okay. because no one has said uh, that, but I'm just trying to uh, remember when I saw him shaking his hand uh, towards the end of that game. So um, we're going to get that for you and, and we'll find out. So let's just, we'll, we'll go with this. Finger hand. it is. Yes. If it's a shooting hand side, shooting hand, um, it, it's critical. And if it's his, you know, pinky or something like that, he can he can play with the the thumb and the first three fingers a lot better. It is Jim. Um, it is Jim. Just so we know, it's his left index finger. Index finger. Yes. Uh oh. Okay. There you go. So that's his, that's finger number one, if you will. There you go. And yeah. and that's important. But what he'll do, he'll take the uh, the first finger with the middle finger, you know, and the, with the big finger, the middle finger there, and that. Because I, I've I've had I haven't ever played with a broken finger, but that's that's what they do. But I also, knowing that if I were the opponent, I would I would really give him a lot of room so that I get if I do not want him to get around and get inside because he's so good with those little shots inside the lane, which I think are difficult little twelve foot floaters that he does. I would I would really risk seeing him shoot a lot of threes. We, we know, and I, I've said this before, the reason I, I have so much um, praise for, for him so much, Darren Fox, because three years ago, he, if I were playing in the league, I'd, I'd let him take all the threes that he wanted. But now he's a pretty good shooter. Right. And once he gets going, you know, I've got a lot of respect for that. He's really improved his game and, and has proved as a shooter. But with that finger that way, I would test that from three-point range. I think it's going to be hard to launch it there with any kind of accuracy. I think it will affect him. So I, I would give him a lot more room, and I would then I'd have a much better chance of keeping him out of the lane, keeping him above, way above the free throw line, and hopefully above the top of the key, and let him take you know thirty-eight jump shots from there from three-point range. Is that would be I, I, until he can prove that he can shoot some with that finger the way it is. Game five. Back in Sacramento at the Golden One Center, and we saw how crazy that was for games one and two. Uh, the Warriors, though, as we know, Jim, they're 11 and 32 on the road this season. Simple question. Why? Why are they so bad on the road? It's, I, I've tried to figure it out all year because I do all the road games, yeah. you know, on the radio, and I, I just can't understand it. And you can look at their shooting percentage. In fact, this last game is finally when they shot, shot the ball extremely well but they they don't shoot threes well on the road and that's proven in the first two games here um shooting like that when they're shooting around 32 percent uh from the field and at taking you know game one they take 53s and make 16 of them uh and by the way both teams you know the warriors cut down i, th- I thought it was really smart in game four they were very discerning in their three-point selection but um, I, I'm not confident that they're going to win in game five uh, in Sacramento because I have to see it to really believe it. And I think in order for them to win, they've got to shoot a little better percentage from three-point range, and they've got to take care of the ball. For some reason on the road, they turn the doggone ball over. You know, the, the last road game they had was game two, and that's the game where they turned it over 22 times and gave 25 points to uh, Sacramento, you're going to lose. You're going to lose every time you do that, and so um, I don't know. Hope they can cure that during the playoffs here, and I hope they can cure that in this series and go on and win and and go on and see who they, see who they play next. But they've got to get past. I tell you what, this series is long from being over, and uh, it would not surprise me if it goes to seven games. 
And I have to say, if it goes to seven games, I would think the Warriors would win, but I sure wouldn't bet my house on it. Well, especially with Fox being doubtful. If he does not play in game five, then again, I think the Warriors got the yeah. momentum. We know they can win on the road. I mean, it's four time yeah. championship yeah. team and, you know, with this crew here. I mean, Jim, so right. yeah. g- give me a prediction real quick. Game five, what happens? Well, uh, I think they'll win in game five. I think the Warriors will win and prevail in game five. And particularly if, Fox doesn't play, yeah. then I would, then I might bet my house on it. Right. Um, I just don't think they're going to make that up because he's such a great, great leader and such a great player. I really like that young man. I really, yeah. I really after this year, I, I'm a big, big fan of his. So, um, but I don't like to see anybody hurt. I have to tell you, I like to see everyone healthy right. and everyone play. Right. Right, exactly. No question. You know, I prefer Fox it that is, way. Is a phenomenal player, and uh, he has surprised a lot of people, especially people that haven't got a chance to watch the Kings very much. But what what a player he has truly become, Jim. We yeah. appreciate the time as always, my friend. Uh, enjoy Sacramento. If you need a couple eat spo- <laughs> eating spots, let me know. I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll survey him up to you. <laughs> Thank you. PC. Take care, brother. Take care. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. There he is, Jim Barnett, always part of our great uh, basketball coverage here, especially with the Warriors. Love having him on the show.